you would turn your Bibles, book of Jeremiah chapter 2, Jeremiah chapter 2, Jeremiah chapter 2, when you get there if you would stand, just for a second, Jeremiah chapter 2, let's begin reading in verse 1, moreover the word of the Lord came to me saying, go and cry in the ears of Jerusalem saying, Thus saith the Lord, I remember thee, the kindness of thy youth, the love of thine espousals, when thou wentest after me in the wilderness in a land that was not sown. Israel was holiness unto the Lord, and the first fruits of his increase. All that devour him shall offend, evil shall come upon them, saith the Lord. Hear ye the word of the Lord, O house of Jacob, and all the families of the house of Israel. Thus saith the Lord, What iniquity have your fathers found in me, that they are gone far from me and have walked after vanity, and are become vain. Neither said they, Where is the Lord that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, that led us through the wilderness, through a land of deserts and of pits, through a land of drought, and the shadow of death through the through a land that no man passed through and where no man dwelt. And I brought you into a plentiful country to eat the fruit thereof and the goodness thereof, but when you entered, you defiled the land and made mine heritage an abomination. Priests said not, Where is the Lord? And they that handled the law knew knew me not. The pastors also transgressed against me, and the prophets prophesied by Baal and walked after things do not profit. Wherefore I will plead with you, saith the Lord, and with your children's children will I plead. For pass over the isles of Chittim and see, and send unto Kedar, and consider diligently, and see if there be such a thing. Hath the nation changed their gods, which are yet no gods? But my people have changed their glory for that which doth not profit. Be astonished, O ye heavens, at this, and be horribly afraid. Be ye very desolate, saith the Lord. Verse 13, for my people have committed two evils. They've forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and and hold them out cisterns, broken cisterns, that can hold no water. Let's pray. Father, be with me now as I stand and break the bread of life. Give me the words to say to feed your people. Lord, I pray your people be encouraged in your word this morning and receptive to your truths. And Lord, I pray that if there's one here today that doesn't know you, when the invitation's given, Lord, through your Holy Spirit's conviction, they'll be drawn to the cross to receive Jesus and salvation before it's too late. Lord, you've heard the prayer requests that have been spoken, those that are written down. We just uh, ask that your will be done with these requests. Those that are sick and afflicted, Lord, touch them, restore them to their health. Lord, those that have lost loved ones, comfort them, Lord, and give them grace during their hour of sorrow. We just pray, Lord, as a people for our family members, those that are having trials, those that are going through things, Lord, we just pray for them and lift them before you and just, again, seek that your will be done in their hearts and lives. Lord, again. Be with me now as I stand and break the bread of life. I love you and I praise you and I thank you for this honor and privilege. 
For it's in Christ's name I do pray. Amen. Please be seated. <clears throat> Y'all have to forgive me a little bit today. I've got a glitch in my giddy up. So I'm not going to be running up and down the aisle. You don't have to worry about that, right? But uh, I pray you had a good Christmas. We did. I was thankful that our family got to be together. And, of course, we do what we do best, eat more than we need to. But we did celebrate the birth of our Savior. And that's what Christmas is about. But Christmas is now over. We are coming to the end of another year. We have a new year if the Lord tarries and blesses us the next week where new beginning. And you know what is New Year's Eve all about? Everybody on New Year's Eve, including myself, I've done it time and time again. I've always made a resolution. I've prayed, Lord, I'm going to draw closer to you. Lord, I'm going to do more for you this year. Lord, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. I've even made the mistake of saying, Lord, I'm going to lose weight this year. Uh, you know what's wrong with, with New Year's resolutions? We never keep them. Amen? We never keep them. Oh, I'm going to improve in my walk with you, Lord. I'm going to be more faithful and committed to church. I'm going to come when the doors are open. I'm going to pray more. I'm going to spend more time in your word, Lord. But again, we make these resolutions and we never keep them. And I'm going to tell you what the key is. You know why we never keep them? It's because we depend on our flesh and not the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why we can't keep them. Because we depend on ourselves and not the Lord. And beloved, I want to encourage you this coming new year. And again, we don't know what a new year is going to bring. We don't know. This may be the year. 2022 may be the year he comes back. And if he does, praise God. The sooner the better. But we don't know what we're going to face in the upcoming year. But I can assure you this. God is on his throne. He's in control. And he's going to see us through because he loves us. And he's faithful to us. So what we've just read here is Jeremiah was a prophet of God. And he's called to cry out to Jerusalem. And you know why? And, and let me just back up and say this. It's been 800 years since God led the children of Israel out of bondage. Now, you would have thought everyone would continue to follow the Lord, especially after he did so much for them. He supplied their every need, gave them the land of Canaan, gave them the promised land. You would have thought that it would have been easy peasy to just keep on trusting God, being faithful to serving God, but guess what? Even though there was times that Israel followed the Lord and was obedient, there were other times it's like they forgot all about the Lord. But before we point fingers at them and before we point or throw rocks 
at them, understand, we, those of us that make up the church, are no different. Amen? Oh, there's times we have our highs. There's times where, boy, we're blowing and going for the Lord. And then there's times we just uh, understand. The Lord is wanting to get the people's attention. Have them recall how good he's been to them. And as we begin to start a new year, close out this past year, I want us to remember how good he's been to us. Amen? How good he's been to us. So let's get started. Notice he tells Jeremiah, the prophet, go and cry in the ears of Jerusalem. Is it important that we share what God would have us do with others? Is it important that we would encourage one another through the word of God? Yes, absolutely. So he tells Jeremiah to cry. Notice what it says. Thus saith the Lord. Beloved, if there was ever a time that the people of God get their act together, it's now. And remember the word. Thus saith the Lord. Because we have gone astray. You see, we've lost our, we've left, I'm sorry, we've left our first love. Remember in the book of Revelation? I have somewhat against thee because you've lost, or left, I don't know why I want to say lost, left your first love. And beloved, just like the children of Israel, we've left our first love. Listen, when God was leading them out of bondage after 400 years of toil and slavery, God sent Moses to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt. And believe me, they celebrated. They were faithful to following the Lord. They loved the Lord their God. And then they got satisfied. Can I say it this morning? We as a church have gotten satisfied. Well, I've got my fire insurance. Amen. I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. I can kick back. And by the way, I don't have to do nothing because we've got you, Pastor. That's what we pay you for. We've got others in leadership. Hey, let them do. I'm going to kick back. I'm not going to do anything else. And that's the problem. Amen? That's the problem in our churches today. We have left our first love. We have forgotten how good God has been to us. Now, notice what it says. He says, Go and cry in the ears of Jerusalem, saying, Thus says the Lord, I remember thee. You know what? God remembered a time when the children of Israel were grateful and thankful and loving toward him. 
He remembers. Do you remember how good God's been to you this morning? Oh my goodness, I can't even begin to start. He's been so good. Not saying I haven't had struggles in life. Not saying I haven't went through trials. Because we all have, haven't we? But the bottom line, God's always seen us through. Because he's a faithful God. Notice, I remember thee, the kindness of thy youth, the love of thine espousals. He remembers the love. And then he says, when thou wentest after me in the wilderness and in a land that was not sown. At one time they had no problem following the Lord. How come today the Lord's church has problems following We've gotten away from practicing obedience. Amen? And the word. Let me share something. Listen to what. This is, go to Exodus real quick. Exodus 15. Exodus 15. This will coincide with our passage that we're on. Exodus 15. Look at verse 11 with me. Who is like unto thee, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like thee, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, and doing wonders? Now, God is faithful. You agree? God is holy. You agree? So, He's faithful, we can count on him. But now go to chapter 24, Exodus 24, and look at verse 7. And he took the book of the covenant and read in the audience of the people... And they said, all that the Lord has said, we will what? Do and be obedient. Understand, they had no problem when they were leaving bondage in the land of Egypt. When God was leading them through Moses, they had no problem following him, setting up the tabernacle, hearing the word of God. They had no issues whatsoever and they abided by the word. And they served the Lord till they got to Canaan. Now there was issues in between. They weren't always obedient. God had to sometimes intervene and take a switch. Amen. But again, they were obedient most of the time. And they loved the Lord, and they listened to the Lord. Where are we today? As we start this new year, are we going to 
be more obedient? Are we going to listen to God? Or are we going to just continue as things are? You see, the average person says they're going to do this or that. They're going to start this resolution or that resolution when, in truth, what they're going to do is just try to turn over a new leaf and say, you know, I'll try it. If it doesn't work, it's no big deal. And that's where we're at today. Exactly where we're at today. Go back to our text. Notice, he says, I remember the love. Children of Israel loved him. And Israel was holiness unto the Lord. And the first fruits of his increase, all that devour him shall offend. Evil shall come upon them, saith the Lord. But look at that first part. The first fruits of his increase. God led them to the promised land. God literally gave them a land flowing with milk and honey. He met their needs, all of their needs, not just some of them, all of them. And I'm not just saying second hand-me-downs. I'm talking about God gave them the best of everything. God has given us the best of everything. You see, the greatest thing that we've all obtained is His Son and the gift of salvation. God has given His best. When are we going to return the favor and give God His best? Give Him our best, I'm sorry. It's a shame. An outright shame. As I was studying and looking at this passage, it just hit me between the eyes because I've been guilty of being just like Israel I've been guilty yes Lord I'm going to serve you I'm going to give more of my time I'm going to give more of myself to you but isn't it amazing when we say that to the Lord and and now listen when I say I'm going to give myself away to the Lord I'm not vowing to do that because I know better What does it say about keeping your vow? Better not to make a vow than to make a vow and not do what you vowed to do. So, but my point is, how many times in the past year have we told the Lord, oh, Lord, I'm going to give my, of myself now. I'm going to give you my all. And in reality, We did the opposite, didn't we? We say we believe it. We say we're going to do it. And then we don't do it. God forgive us. But you know what's good? What's past is past. We can't do nothing about the past. But we can move forward. We can head off into the future. And we can say, Lord, I'm going to follow you. You're going to have to help me at times. Keep me straight, but I'm going to serve you. Now, the children of Israel, God is best, but notice what he says. Hear ye the word of the Lord, O house of Jacob, and all the families of the house of Israel. Thus saith the Lord, what iniquity has your fathers found in me? God is holy. 
God is righteous and you will never find fault in him. Never, ever. But you see, God is pleading with the nation of Israel and I believe he's pleading to us. Where have I let you down? I've always been faithful. I've always met your needs. I love you. Where have you found fault in me? The children of Israel were living back then like they had found fault in him. Oh, I'm not serving him no longer because I can't trust him. I can't rely on him. He's not as faithful as he once was. He must not love me because he's allowed me to go through this trial or go through that. He, he's not someone I can count on anymore. Beloved, it's just the opposite. And God calls out to the children of Israel, where can you find fault in me? There's no fault in God. Amen? The fault is you and I. Now, notice what he says. He says, They that are gone far from me and have walked after vanity are become vain. What happened? Well, God blessed the children of Israel, gave them all their heart's desire, and guess what happened? They loved their heart's desire, but they stopped loving God. Those desires, their vanity took over. We're the same way. Amen? Kind of like the rich young ruler. You know what his problem was? You know, I mean, he was young. He had youth. He was a ruler in the synagogue, so he had power and prestige. But he was rich. And the Lord told him to what? Sell all you have and give to the poor. And then when you've done that, come and follow me. Well, the Lord didn't have a problem with a rich young ruler having money. And money wasn't the problem. It was the love of money that he had. And you know what? (laughs) A lot of folks out there in the same shape today. Amen. It's not the fact that you have that. But he said, get rid of it. And then follow me. And what does the Bible say? He went away sorrowful. Because he had much possessions. We find the children of Israel in the same shape. They had plenty. And they weren't willing to let go of those things. The Bible says, what shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his soul. Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? That's Mark 8. Understand, there's people out there today that are not willing to let go of the things of the world. They're going to hang on to them till they draw that last breath. And here's the sad thing. They draw that last breath, they're going to go to hell, and everything they obtained in this life, guess what? It's not going with them. It's going to be left behind. That's right, sister. Notice what it says. Neither said they, where's the Lord that brought us up out of the land of Egypt? 
and led us through the wilderness, through a land of deserts and pits, through a land of drought and of the shadow of death, through a land that no man passed through and whence no man dwelt. What they do? They forgot what God had done for them. I wonder this morning, have we forgot what God's done for us? Sometimes we sure do serve him like it. Amen? See, we all fall short. None of us are perfect. But understand, you should never forget your salvation and your Savior. You should never forget how good God has been to you. Even if you're going through a hard time, you should remember all the good things that he's done. And I would encourage you this new year that's coming, be mindful of all he's done and that he's going to do. Not forget. And please don't put all your trust in things. And I'll go ahead and say it. Don't put your trust in man. Man will fail you every time. But Jesus never fails. And he never will. Amen. Now notice. I brought you into a plentiful country to eat the fruit thereof and the goodness thereof. But when you entered, you defiled my land and made mine heritage an abomination. How did they defile the land? One, they stopped serving God. Two, they took up false idols, pagan gods. That's how they defiled the land when God gave them a perfect heaven on earth. And they defiled the land. And what did he call it? An abomination. And again, we say, well, that was them. That's not us. Oh, I'm going to tell you something. You may not be aware of it, but I know God is. How many times have we committed abominations? We try to explain it away. Well, I'm still not as bad as so-and-so or such-and-such. We're just as bad in the eyes of God. And can I let you in on a little secret? When the Bible says abomination to God, that literally means God hates our actions. And hates is not just a little word. Starts with an H. Has lots of meaning. Would you say our country, America, has committed abominations before the Lord God of Israel? Yeah. You can't get by with murdering children. You can't get by with redefining the definition of ordained marriage. You can't get by with it. You can't get by with persecuting other believers. Notice what it says. The priest said, where is the Lord? And they that handle the law knew me not. Children of Israel, 
God gave them priests to handle the word. And they didn't teach the word. We've got that happening in our churches today. For the word is not taught. Notice what else he said. And pastors also transgressed against me. How? By not leading his flock to righteousness. And prophets prophesied by Baal and walked after things that do not profit. Again, false teaching is rampant today. I pray you'll get in the word of God and you will see for yourself. Thus saith the Lord. Now don't get me wrong. God has blessed us with pastors and teachers or gifts to the church to teach the word of God and to instruct in righteousness. And if you've got one that teaches and preaches the truth, you should stand behind them and you should pray for them and you should learn. But there's folks out there that don't have that. I feel sorry for them. Amen. What does the Bible say? Having a form of righteousness, but never coming to the knowledge of truth. It should break our heart. Notice, wherefore I will plead with you, saith the Lord, and with your children's children will I plead. Aren't you glad God's long-suffering? Aren't you glad God doesn't just throw in the towel when we mess up and quit on us? Listen, he had every right to quit on you and me. We deserved death and hell. But he didn't quit on us. He constantly sent the Holy Spirit to convict us. And praise the Lord, because he is long-suffering, we now sit in his house worshiping and praising him because we have been born again. The Lord is long-suffering. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. I will plead with you. I will plead with your children. I will plead with your children's children. What a merciful God. What a long-suffering God. Notice. For pass over the isles of Chatham and see and send unto Kedar and consider diligently and see if there be such a thing. What's he saying to children of Israel? Listen. Chatham was Cyprus. Kedar was all the Arab lands that surrounded the east and west of Israel. Look and see. Search all you want to. But what I'm telling you is the truth. And it's me. Not anybody else. Think how good God is to us. And by the way, he is a jealous God. And it is him. It's all about him. Look at what he says. 
Hath the nation changed their gods, which are no gods, but my people have changed their glory for that which doth not profit? What's he saying? <laughs> he says, it's amazing to me. All these other nations I told you to look at, watch them as they serve their idols, their pagan gods. They worship them consistently and faithfully, and they're no gods. And yet I am the true and the living God. And guess what? You don't serve me. You don't worship me. Isn't it a shame that God even had to share with the children of Israel that, hey, I'm still here. I'm the one that chose you. I'm the one that's been there for you. I'm the one that loves you. I'm faithful to you. I'm committed to you. I'm over here. God shouldn't have to do that. We should want to serve him and love him. And then he says this. Verse 13. For my people have committed two evils. What was the first one? They've forsaken me. Beloved, the worst sin you and I can commit is forsake God. Israel was guilty before God for forsaking him. What about us, church? Are we guilty for forsaking him? That's what they did. This coming year, this new year, if God blesses us with another one, I want to encourage us here at Lone Mountain, brothers and sisters, don't forsake the Lord. Make him a priority. Pray, study your Bibles, share your faith, and come when the doors are open. Amen? As you have opportunity, come. I know some of us have to work. I understand that. And God does too. But when you have the opportunity, take advantage don't say, well, I've worked all week. I'm just tired. I'm just going to sleep in. Maybe a holiday will come up and I'll get to go again on Sunday. Don't forsake the Lord. Don't take him for granted. Serve him. He said, number one, you've forsaken me. And then number two, here is another evil. You have forsaken me the fountain of living waters and honed them out cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. Now, a cistern back in Israel back in that day were holes in the ground that would catch runoff or rain. Now, the thing about rainwater, and you've got to understand, it's desert. You need water. Rainwater's fine, 
but it's that old runoff water that ain't too good. It's kind of like when you used to haul hay and you'd just get bone dry and you'd come to an old pond and there's old cow hoof prints and the pond would be down, it would be dried up. There might be a little water in the very middle of the pond, but you're not willing to wade mud to your knee. So you look at a little water in that hoof print. You're willing to drink that. I've done that several times. No wonder I ain't dead. Bacteria. But you get so thirsty, so dry. But my point he's trying to make, he's the living water. Amen. He is the living water. But they have chosen to drink out of what? Instead of the fullness of God, they've chosen to drink out of the broken cisterns of what the world has to offer instead of him. Are we not there today? Now, as I said earlier, This year is gone. We can't do nothing about this last year. But we can go forward in the new year if he allows us. And all of us, including me and you and all of his heritage, all of his children, we can do better. Amen? I can't think of a better time to start the new year than right now just saying, Lord, I'm going to need your help. You're going to have to guide me. You're going to have to direct me, and I have to surrender to you. But, Lord, I want to serve you, and I want to be committed this year. I want to do better this new year than last year. That should be our desire. And if you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, I can't think of a better way to start the new year than giving your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. The best new year for the rest of your life if you come now. But let's not be guilty of these two evils. Let's not forget who God is. Let's remember how faithful he's been to us. How loving he's been to us. And let's go on. And let's pray. This is the year. He's coming back. You say, well, the Bible says we don't know the day or the hour. Oh, that's right. I understand that. I'd never put a day out there. I know there's been several that have. What has it got them? Everybody sells what they have and they go to the top of the mountain and wait. Time goes by and he hasn't returned. Well, stupid. You don't follow a man. If God's going to tell you something, he's going to tell you something through his word. Amen? He's not going to give 
just a specific personal revelation. Benny Hinn and his eight new revelations, please. What a joke. He's going to answer to God. Just like any man will answer to God when it comes to thus saith the Lord and not preaching and teaching thus saith the Lord. That's a different story. That's a different sermon for another time. This morning, I urge you, remember who God is. Ask God to help you serve him better this coming year. If you don't know him, you can. But don't waste your thing, your self on things. Don't give your heart to things that aren't going to do anything for you spiritually and eternally. Just don't. Because you're just wasting your time. Jesus is all that matters. Everybody agree with that? He's all that matters. Know that he's coming. And I pray it's soon.